On today's show, the pick is in. The Cavs go with Amoni Bates. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. The music you heard in is from our friends at Astorito. Check them out on Apple Music or Spotify. I am Chris Manning. That is Evan Damro. We are the Lockdown Cast Podcast. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always, for his work on production. want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Cleveland Cavaliers pick Amoni Bates. In the second round, number 49 overall, their only pick in the draft. Evan, what's your instant reaction to Amoni Bates? Once once the number one prospect in the country, once hyped up as the, the best prospect since LeBron, obviously has didn't keep those levels. Where did he where in your mind, what what is your reaction to to the Amoni Bates pick? Um if you're Cleveland and I had Leaf Thuwein on the show for Thursday's episode and we talked about Emoni Bates a little bit um and Leaf called him the best pure shooting forward in this draft class and I looked at the numbers he averaged 33% shooting from beyond the arc on 7.73 point attempts per game with Eastern Michigan this year and if you're Cleveland, it makes sense from the optics of, okay, this is a guy that pro- could provide a shooting. This is a guy who has the physical traits of a guy who could be a three or a four type player for us. And it's all really at this point, what could he be as a prospect or a player? I wrote about this last week for Write Down Euclid, where I called him a low risk, possible high reward type player for Cleveland, where it's the 49th overall pick. He's going to end up on a two-way contract with Cleveland this year. You're developing from the long term, and now you just kind of shift your focus to the remainder of the offseason to make trades or signings in free agency to kind of round this rotation, and you keep Bates on the back burner with the charge and let him develop at his own pace. And again, hope he pans out as a player. What, what, what was your initial reaction to it all? Um, this is a great pick for the for the Cleveland Charge. Would would be my instant reaction, dude. Like, I, I'm, I'm, even... so, I'm so excited for some action at uh at Cleveland State this year. I mean, look, this this is a developmental pick. Bates is not ready to be an NBA player next year. He is just not. This is a 19 year old who was born in 2004, who reclassified early to get into college. Started playing college when he was 17 is skinny as all heck. He, he's listed at 190. He that's a that's a light 190 if if that's the case. The numbers aren't good. There's a lot of work to be done here. His his college career did not go to plan by any stretch of the imagination. The year at Memphis was not good. There's there's a thing a charge he had a gun charge he had to plead down from beyond that. Then he ends up at Michigan State and he like the numbers 19 you know, 47% on twos, 33% on threes, third team all Mac. Like they're not awful numbers, but they're not like eye popping numbers. He didn't like dominate the Mac by any mean. That was like a good Eastern Michigan team. 
So like this, this is this Wait, is a. Did you, play- did you call it a good Eastern Michigan team? So I said not a good Eastern. Oh, Michigan so team. like dude, they went eight and twenty three. They were not a yeah. good team. <laughs> yeah, he didn't like he didn't like go into the MAC and like take that Eastern Michigan team and raise it to to a higher level or whatever. Like, and that, that I can't actually expect anyone to do that. That's hard. Mm-hmm. But like this wasn't a good team. This is a developmental thing. I don't know if this is going to work. We, we'll talk more about him like for a while just in see what he looks like in summer league but oh yeah there, there there's like year this is like a, a year at minimum before like this is someone who you can look at and say okay maybe he can compete for nba minutes he should be playing like r- regularly with the cleveland charge whether he's on a two-way deal or or whether he ends up uh, on a regular contract and just happens to, to play a lot in the g league that it'll be interesting how the Cavs approach that do they want to set a roster spot aside for a guy who may not play for them this year. Um, he did play 34 minutes per game uh, for Eastern Michigan this last season. He did average 19.2 points, 5.8 rebounds, 1.5 assists. Um, there's a lot of intrigue, I guess you want to say there, like of uh, the ghost within the machine. Like maybe you can extract the ghost and get a handle on it just because like there, there is something there that could be an NBA like player and in my assessment and just kind of doing some fact gathering on him. Um, he always struck me as a dude and I kind of had this confirmed by some scouts as well as like a guy who never has really put it together since high school where he was a dominant five-star recruit um, out of Ypsilanti, Ypsilanti, Michigan. And um, like you said, he reclassified. There's a lot of concerns off the court. There's a lot of red flags. I think the def- the lack of daisical effort on defense, or as Leaf put it, just zero commitment defense whatsoever is certainly a red flag within like GV Bickerstaff and how he coaches things too. So like it, but as we've had people on before and you and I have heard defense is a, uh, is an effort thing more than anything. I think Bates at least has the tools to physically at least um to like, be able to defend players on the perimeter. Um, but, he may not be like a lockdown defender. He's not a lockdown yeah, defender. I'm no, 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 no. But even physically, like this is this is us. He's skinny. He's a he project. Have, yeah. He also, but like his wingspan is what it is. Like he's not gonna. That that was a concern with him, even when he was like the number one prospect. He's gonna have to like overcome the fact that his wingspan is like an inch longer than his reported height. Like that is yeah, just a structural issue with him as a prospect. That's fair. And I just think if you look at it from the aspect of he's not afraid to shoot the basketball, which it is what it is. Um, or maybe it's I drew a comparison in the story I wrote that maybe it's similar to like Pat Baldwin going to the University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, where he kind of just phoned it in. And Baldwin had a pretty solid season for the Santa Cruz Warriors this year. And he was traded to uh, Washington as part of the Chris Paul trade, according to, I believe, Woj or Shams or somebody as we started recording this. So, like, Baldwin has been injury there. They're not the same players have been Bates, but, like, there, there could be something there. But it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of effort. It's going to take a lot of energy and a lot of resources. And your best bet's just to sign him to a two-way and let him work out and practice the team. Obviously, work with your coaches so they have kind of an idea of what his development path is when he's not with the team or like with the charge on the road. But I agree with you. Like you, you put him with the charge. You work him up as much as possible, and you see if there is something there. 
just because they're i know pedigree is a bit of an overblown term it's something i use i believe in the story but like he was a five-star recruit out of high school there was a lot of intrigue from amani bates coming out of high school and maybe cleveland believes that they can tap into what he could have been as a player if he panned out properly in college but at this point it's fine. I it is interesting. I think he was Cleveland was his last workout. We spoke about this the other day. Um, and maybe he just left a really strong impression in that workout where the Cavs are like, okay, we're more than comfortable with taking this dude um and seeing if he could be a rotation piece for us down the line. And that's what I was trying to get at is like the idea of him being like a starting small forward or a star small forward, that's completely out the window. If you're Cleveland, yeah. what your hope is, is he becomes a rotation piece for you. And that should be what your objective is, is you devote time and energy into developing him. Yeah, look, whether he's on a two-way, whether he's on a normal, that's the path. And there's just a lot that I think is a good other way. And look, I, well, we're gonna, in segment two, we're going to talk about drafts we like. And there's, other, there's, two, there's a team, actually, the team that just won the title picked two guys that I think would have made... Like, way more sense. They didn't get to that point in the second round. The Cavs didn't move up for whatever reason. Um, I'm sure Kobe Allman at some point, or we'll talk about it, whatever. Things broke a certain way where I, I understand this. Even if I, I... I think the hit rate might even be a little bit lower than it is for a normal second round pick. I, I understand the bet in, to some degree. So we'll see how it goes. Let's mm-hmm. go into break. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs, which are just the absolute most comfortable shorts and pants and everything on the market. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit a, just designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and give your leg a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches. So you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that helps keep you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com right now, backslash locked in NBA, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That is birddogs.com, backslash locked in NBA, for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You're not going to want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. They, I have a, they sent Evan and I both a normal pair of shorts and a workout pair of shorts. They are now just regulars in my rotation, and... uh I might be looking to to get some pants as well when the when the seasons change and I'm in the need for some some new comfortable pants to wear to work every day. Uh, I'm an investor in their shorts. I have multiple pairs that I bought on my own. They're incredibly comfortable. Let's talk about drafts that we liked. Evan, I would use the the Nuggets as just a, as a point of comparison. They're the gold standard. So, like, I I think that's that's. <laughs> Fair, like they they won the NBA title because because the the Nuggets like gold Nuggets, so they're the gold standard. No, and they're the champions. They, they, so okay, whatever. They won the title, but here's <laughs> here's the thing. Here's what they do: they make moves in the finals, and and tonight they get picks in this draft. They end up taking Julian Strawweather from Gonzaga, one of the best shooters in this draft at twenty nine, and then they take Hunter Tyson uh, from Clemson, a bigger forward at 30 at 37 they make trades to go do this they make trades to go get guys that are going to fit what they want to do they went and found um guys that are going to theoretically maybe if they have to if it works out a certain way try to replace what bruce brown gave you and and give these guys a chance to grow into the role that's Mm -hmm. the kind of draft among the really good teams 
that I just absolutely love. And that, like, I, look, I understand every team's the values are going to be different. Every team's going to have different risk stuff. Maybe the Cavs are a little less all in to some degree versus a, um, a Nuggets. Obviously, Nuggets won the title. The Cavs are a little bit younger along that process. I do just kind of look at this and think like that to me is like the template of how a good team should approach the approach the draft. And like I, I wonder if you know if they had taken like a Keontae Johnson from Kansas State, Cleveland, and who went one pick after Jalen Wilson from Kansas, who went a pick after. When mm-hmm. I feel a little bit differently, just because like I think we understand those guys a little bit more. But that Denver draft to me just sets a a very clear template of what really good teams should do. I agree. Um it's pretty clear at this point, at least it's been reported, that the, the Nuggets do fear that they could lose Bruce Brown in free agency and perhaps having a contingency plan to alleviate or soften the blow of losing him, um, along with uh, assuming Bruce, or uh, sorry, Christian Braun, not Bruce Braun, uh, Christian Braun, um, his development just continues to progress and he becomes more of a rotation piece for you going forward. Like, yeah, maybe Denver is comfortable taking that type of stab i i don't hate their draft i think i think their trades are a little bit more savvy just because they're giving themselves ammunition in the event like they wanted to make a trade or maybe make more legitimate um acquisition to kind of just round things out and i'm curious to see how they approach things uh throughout the rest of the draft process but if we're talking about drafts i like um my favorite draft class is what houston did like i I'm super high on the Thompson twins to begin with, but like them getting Eamon Thompson, I think that's going to be a really fun pairing with Jalen Green. Um, and then letting Cam, or not letting, but having Cam Whitmore fall into their laps at 20 is also really fun too, just because they have a lot of bigger players that have a lot of wingspan and length and just a lot of defensive upside. I'm, I'm interested to see how they approach things, especially with like, is Emi Odoka comfortable with like developing these players and helping them form a winning program, or they can bring in some veterans to kind of support what they're doing here. But the Rockets have a fun group and same can be said for the magic. Like the magic are stupid long and they are stupid athletic and they have a lot of shooting on their roster. Now, like once the magic start to gel and click, like they are going to be a frust- very frustrating team for most teams to play on a night to night basis. And it's interesting to see how you can really see some of the embers of how these teams approach their pre-draft process. Like John Hammond um, was with the bucks. He's with the magic now and you can see they're prioritizing length much like he did when he was with Milwaukee. And um what the rockets are doing it's like they're taking a lot of dude like they've had like three stellar draft classes in a row like starting with Jalen green working forward to now like they've, they've done a really good job of just like maximizing their returns from the james harden and chris paul trades and or the russell westbrook trade as well i guess technically so there's a lot of things that the rockets have done right and it's interesting to see how they go about it but yeah from like just a pure optic standpoint of looking at how like a team like Denver is a defending champion, uh, likely the favorite to win the title again before free agency. And obviously probably after free agency as well, um, that there's ways Cleveland could have been a little more dynamic and just kind of figure out like, okay, maybe there are some moves we can make to whether that's trading into the back end of the first round or maybe moving up in the second round, because there was a legitimate run on wings from like 20 to like the mid thirties or so. And the Cavs could have taken a stab at some of those dudes. Um, and I, I think about this a lot because like Brian Windhorst put it in the air, um, like the Cavs trading for 23 with Portland, if that required them to take on a Little's contract, like we talked about this the other day, um, 
Chris Murray was the 23rd pick for Portland. And you and I are both like, yeah, if the Cavs are able to get Chris Murray in this draft, like that's a pretty big win for them because he checks a lot of the boxes of what they need. And I, I, that does give me pause and maybe that just wasn't their approach or methodology to this, but I don't know if you were trying to like kind of copy the vein of like what Denver did um, and just like supplant talent or just build up your rotation with the younger players that could get you legitimate minutes right away. It does make me wonder why the Cavs maybe weren't trying to be a bit more aggressive getting back into the first or the second. Yeah, I, I'm curious to kind of see that report of that. The other thing, the other draft that I like is Portland. You know, we'll see what happens with Dame, but um, yeah. I like Ryan Rupert six six seven with a seven three wingspan in the second round. I love that as as about. I love the Chris Murray pick. I just like that's just gonna. It feels like he's gonna be a dependable, good, a good NBA player. And like I'm, I'm a Scoot guy. I would have taken Scoot over Brandon Miller, as seemingly a lot of Hornets fans. Would have as well, uh, but and again, we'll see what happens with with Dame and and if this is the end of something there, or if or if Scoot's a, a or if it's Scoot and Dame or whatever it is. But I I love Scoot and he to me was my clear number two. I just I, I look I get the Miller thing I get that he's tall. Um, yeah, I get that it, like wings are hard to find. I'm just a I'm just a very big fan of of what. Um, of what Scoot is the other one other pick I'll shout out that I just that I think is notable from a Cavs for Inchi standpoint. Uh, the the Warriors took Brandon Podsemensky at nineteen. That very much feels like a Dante Divincenzo replacement. Oh, yeah, one hundred percent. So I'm just, I think the chances that Divincenzo declines a player option to open market don't you know we'll see if the Cavs are interested. We'll see if there's interest from him to come here. We'll see just kind of how that looks like. See what his market looks like. But to me, that is still just a guy that I, I think would be really nice for the Cavs to go get. And this, to me, is just kind of another reason to think, oh, that guy actually, I think, might hit the market. All right, after this, there's some Jared Allen reporting um, on Thursday. We're going to talk about that and basically that he's seemingly sticking around. So we'll dive into that right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. You can get flash deals on last-minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. There are images of seat views right in the app, the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all kinds of great stuff. You can forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Plus, the GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. I, for instance, am not going to be planning months in advance when I go to New York in August. I have planned that trip. And I know I'm going to Aces Liberty, but I'm going to be using Game Time to buy tickets. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize picks is a really fun way to get in on and have some fun with some sports action. All you got to do 
has picked two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It is just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes the NBA, the NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, and many, many more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So if you deposit 100, Prize Picks will give you 100. If they give you 50, if you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for that instant deposit match up to $100. So Evan, the Cavs, uh, as reported by. Chris Fedor of .com took some calls from Jared Allen on Jared Allen. Uh, teams called them about him, we should say. And are you, are you laughing at what I texted you? I I I am, and uh, let's just I don't want to. No, I, let's no, just no. say that no that doomsday scenario is coming to my head several times because oh, I it's same same. I'm just like, but then <laughs> no, 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 we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll we'll maybe talk about it if we have to. The, the wording well look we have to that's the job brother but the Cavs have gotten continue to get trade offers for Jared Allen Fido reported this has been players involved things involving players involving picks Cavs have rebuffed them uh, Dallas at 10 was one of them and obviously Dallas made some moves in this draft to go get Rashawn Holmes and they took Derek Lively the second um, with their draft pick. Mm. This is, this does not surprise me. And I'm also just not surprised the Cavs decided not to cash that Allen chip now. I mean, on the inverse, uh, according to Keith Pompey from the Sixers, um, or the Sixers beat and just other reports as well, like the Cavs locked, have been doing locked, their, locked on Sixers. Locked on Sixers as well. But like the Cavs have been doing their due diligence calling on certain wings. Apparently, the asking price for Tobias Harris is astronomical and it probably didn't go very far considering what the Cavs have to offer and what Philly kind of needs right now. But um, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Teams are hitting up Cleveland about Jared Allen. He is on a relatively easier to trade contract because it's 20 million flat annually i think there's three years left on the deal if i remember correctly but mm-hmm. either way um like that, that makes sense like dallas is a team that i was always seemingly circling back to jared allen but like you said they traded for sean holmes who is a fine enough player at least it gives them depth at the center position for the first time forever with luca and then lively could be interesting but the addition of Holmes makes it a little bit more palatable and maybe a little bit easier to not have to throw a rookie who is kind of raw and unrefined from his one season in college. Um, and just gives him the runway to develop properly to maybe be a bit more of that like rim protector uh, that you hope he can be. And also like a pick and roll big man as well, working with Luca and Kyrie. Um, it's interesting to see how this is going to progress. Um, I mean, Kobe Altman made it clear up and down the, uh, the, the facilities at Cleveland Clinic courts that there's going to be no sweeping changes made, whether it's to the roster or the coaching staff. And uh, 
I wasn't surprised that Jared Allen trade didn't materialize. Um, I'm interested to see how the Cavs navigate kind of just like not this quote unquote core four, but how they support this core four um, with just some of the rotation guys that they do have on their roster that could have some interest on the trade market or how they utilize their mid-level exception, everything. But like, yeah, just not surprised Allen wasn't traded just because I've kind of formed the stance that his value across the league is significantly less comparatively to what his value is to the Cavaliers currently. Look, and and I and I get that. I I think I think you're in a world where you can still be somewhat patient. I think you're in a world where I think trading Allen for the exact wing you want is not the easiest thing. It's not like let's say like Brooklyn it was like they have Nick Claxton. They're not in dire need of a sender. So it's not like, oh, Allen for Royce O'Neal and DFS or something. Like you're not going to get that kind of two for one or even a one for one trade for Allen right now. That is perfect. I wonder what I wonder what it would take. It Like I, I if you break down like what is the reported. Like we don't know specific players. OK, I think that kind of complicates our understanding of it a little bit. Yeah. And it, the picks thing, it's OK. What were the picks? Were they good picks? Were they bad picks? Were they was was like ten on the table for Dallas? Like, was Dallas willing to go there with that? I, you know, it doesn't. Based on the deals they made, I'd be kind of curious to see if it was. This is all like a question of relative value. I would like I I to me this feels like a little bit like if I'm thinking about Jared Allen, I still just I, there pro there probably is a price. Like at some point there probably is a price that they'll be like yeah that's like worth it to cash in on the Allen. I said it just maybe feels like. What has been out there is not there, and maybe that is because he kind of matters more to the Cavs now than he does the rest of the league, and center is kind of a a more populated position. Yeah, and I think a lot of teams now, and I, it, I can't believe I didn't mention this in the last segment, but like the San Antonio Spurs had a rock star draft class just because they got Victor Vimignano, like one of the best prospects in quite a while. And hopefully he does pan out and live up to the expectations, especially for the blues and myself. But um, I think a lot of teams are going to be like, so it's interesting just because the center was certainly phased out with the golden state warriors and like the hardened rockets becoming so trigger happy from three point range, a lot of small ball becoming like the dominant force in the NBA but you're seeing a bit of a resurgence from the big man and they're kind of stylistically adapting, whether it's Joel Embiid, who's just like another otherworldly player, but also has like a three point shot. He provides you a lot more things than just an interior presence or maybe like rim protection or like Nikola Jokic, who is just arguably the best player in basketball right now. And I think a lot of teams are going to be kind of trying to chase that ghost for a while because it's a copycat league and they want to try and find a big man who can provide you a little bit of everything and everywhere on the court. and. Jared Allen has his limitations in that regard. Like he's not a three-point shooter. He can do like basic passes, or at least make the make the correct read, whether he's in the block or just in anywhere in the paint. Just he's a guy floating on the perimeter. Like that's the correct read. But what he gives you at his core is extremely low usage offense, where he's very reliant on the guard setting him up, whether it's in the pick and roll or in the lob. And more than anything, just um Rim protection, some defensive upside, some switchability, as we talked about in the past, and hopefully he improves that rebounding aspect, especially after what Mitchell Robinson did to him and the Cavs in the postseason. But 
yeah, I just don't think there's much of a demand for a guy like Jared Allen when you look at a team like Dallas who got Rashawn Holmes for probably a lot less than maybe what they hypothetically offered to Cleveland in a trade. I think, again, we don't know the players and the picks or like really like the entire like offer that Dallas provided, but teams aren't only going to willing to offer so much for a guy like Jared Allen. And if you're a team like Cleveland, just ride it out, see what you have. Um, it's not really running it back. I think it's a fine tuning right now. Uh, we'll obviously see how free agency goes, but like you don't really want to rock the boat too much, especially when you have Allen on your roster and he was kind of a core piece to your foundation of success. All right, back at you on Monday. We're going to dive deeper into Money Bates. Thank you as always to Jake Stevens for production. Mm-hmm.